As things change, other things stay the same, like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs, from small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes. Ah, uh, welcome to Preach Care Preach. Uh, this is Pastor Kevin Care coming and giving us another another sermon, another episode. I have my guest with me, uh, Rashad. Man, how's it going today? Going good, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Yeah, no problem, man. So, first off, man, instant reactions to Kareem Hunt news. Man, this is is crazy, man. As far as just the the real NFL, you drop a prime running back. I mean, this is. This is going to change the game for the entire AFC. Then anybody who plays fantasy, I'm sure people ran out and got Spence away. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it's just crazy, man, because all of a sudden, like, I just wanted to know it's, it's more than what, we, what information we got because how all of a sudden, right before the playoffs, like going to that stretch of the season, this video is now being released. Uh, like, is it, it was Cream Hunt was bad with some people and they say we're gonna release it? Um, or did somebody saw the video and then sold it to make some money? Like, I, I just don't understand how all of a sudden that that this video just pop up. It's almost been a year ago since this happened. I mean, to me, the NFL, I'm not sure what the, the policy is as far as like legally on the NFL obtaining these kind of videos, but. It seems like they're always the last ones to see this kind of stuff because when Ray Rice happened, you know, it was like, we'll just let it play out. We'll see. Then when the video came out, he was gone. And the same thing with Hunt. Like, this happened, like you said, like a year ago. It happened a while ago. So, of course, they knew about it. But now when the video comes, they didn't waste any time. They didn't even want to do an investigation. They were like, we're cutting ties right now. So, I'm not sure what the NFL's policy is on like getting that kind of video so they can actually see what happens, or does somebody want to blackmail Kareem Hunt, or does he owe somebody some money? But uh, this is a bad situation for him right now. I mean, we had the Joe Mixon thing, but that happened in college, I guess. Even though we had video, he he still got drafted pretty high. I mean, he fell a little bit, but he still got drafted pretty high, and he's still in the league now. So, and we had the Greg Hardy where he got a chance to come back. But I guess because it was no video. So the Hunt thing is really weird, man. Hopefully he bounces it back. And I'm sure somebody would be glad to add him if he's clear of all the all the negative publicity and the charges or anything like that. Yeah, and I, I think if a team does claim him, um, one, is going to be because it's a rookie deal. So it's not like you're taking a loss if, if, he, if he can't come back because um, you're going to get a stud running back 
just you know just out of out of the blue. Uh, and I mean, Kansas City, you got Tyree Hill in your team who was charged in college for a token and beating his pregnant wife, uh, girlfriend. But yet, you know, you still get him. So I, I just don't understand how they can say Kareem, you know, we just going to cut Kareem, but we going to keep Tyreek Hill and we don't care, you know, we don't worry about his problems, which Tyreek, what he did was worse. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make light of it, but I guess if it happens in college, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, guess, I guess I guess, is what they're saying. Yeah, I guess if, as long as it happens in college, you know, when you go through your draft interview, it's like, okay, well, it didn't happen while you were in the NFL, so we'll still take a chance on you and just don't repeat the same behavior. So I right. guess it's one of those situations. So what do you think, the, I guess, the the, the outscape of the of the AFC now? Is, is she still a Super Bowl contender? Does this drop him back some? I think mostly this helps Patrick Mahomes' MVP case because without a running game, he'll have to do more. So he'll definitely get a chance to put up way more stats and probably win the MVP. And, of course, we had the Drew Brees game against the Cowboys where he didn't look really great. So this will probably help Patrick Mahomes' MVP case more than anything else. As far as the Chiefs overall, um, they're probably, depending on how they react to this and depending on what happens in the Steelers-Chargers game, because the Chargers, they have Melvin Gordon banged up. But they're not far behind the Chiefs, so they still can't catch them for the division title, which would definitely alter the seeding. But I think this right here almost just gave the Patriots uh, another free ride to the AFC Championship. And I'm not mad because I like the Patriots. so But it probably just gave them another free ride to the AFC Championship. They're going to probably get that, that one seed now. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's the crazy thing about it. It's like the Patriots always like be a beneficiary for every other team messing up. Whether that's you know Pittsburgh quitting back Jacksonville, you know getting their way, knock them out early. Miller Gordon get hurt, Cream getting this this uh this domestic abuse case. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's really messed up. I think I think Kansas City can still find a way to win games, but you know Andy Reid in the playoffs and how he kind of like I don't know. It's like most teams eventually catch up to Andy Reid offense, and then they just go cold, like being up twenty one zero last year against Titans, and they lose the game. Um, so we'll see with Kansas City. I mean, I, I was already skeptical about them anyway. Now without Kareem Hunt, uh, who knows? I, I thought it would be good this year, you know, as far as um, finishing off a good run because they, they have the Raiders twice. I mean, that's probably what two guaranteed wins. And nothing's guaranteed, but that's probably two guaranteed yeah, that's, wins. That's two guaranteed. <laughs> that's two guaranteed, yeah. So I figured, you know, if they won those two and probably won one more, they were probably going to be a lot to get the – uh one of the top two seeds because they have a tiebreaker over Pittsburgh already. So I figured they would probably get one of the top two seeds, definitely. And everybody knows Arrowhead is a tough place to go play on the road. So, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be tough now because the Steelers are still right in it. And I don't think the Steelers, you know, they want to go on the road to win all their games against possibly the Patriots or possibly the Chiefs. So, this will kind of help the Steelers probably get back into one of those top two seeds, and it'll probably elevate the Patriots because on the you know this happened basically Friday, and the game is Sunday, so they're gonna have to rescrap their entire game plan. They're still playing the Raiders, but you know this could kind of shake the team up as far as the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, 
So hopefully we'll get some more information about this uh, Kareem Hunt deal and see if anybody claims him with the, uh, by today or tomorrow. Because Redskins, like, <laughs> hey, risk, hey, might, might as well, hey, might as well. But like, it's a lot of teams who need running backs. Uh, but now we in a situation where, let's say if nobody does claim him, you're gonna have two of the top seven running backs available for free agency. Yeah, running back, and and that's gonna be, and that's that's can, that can change a whole dynamic of a team. Running back is really, really weird, you know, because Melvin Gordon just got hurt. We know the whole Le'Veon Bell situation. Now we have Hunt, so you know, a lot of the top guys are really just going out for various reasons. So you have to have for, people for net fighting. Yeah, for net, <laughs> and then he's been injured, you know, so. A lot of the top guys, you know, Gurley, he's been he's been himself. Uh, once they got Fish Fryer and got McVay, and Gurley's taken off like a rocket. Um, we saw we we you and I both like Christian McCaffrey, but he got North Turner, and now he's emerging this year. So, and of course, you got Sean Payton with Kamara. So, we have those guys who are still performing at an elite level, but it's like fifty fifty because like we just mentioned, Fournette, Bill Hunt. Um, DJ still in his prime in Arizona, so he probably has uh more years to go. And once they get a good old coordinator, some more talent, he can probably reemerge into the guy he was a few years ago before injury. So running back really at the top is like fifty fifty right now. So we're gonna build the perfect team. Uh, we're gonna go through each position, and we're gonna combine receiver and tight ends together. Um, and at the conclusion of the positions, we're going to try to build a perfect staff with the, the head coach and coordinators and even to all the way to the perfect organization because, as you see, you know, some NFL teams uh, just don't have the front office that handles things the right way, um, which we can try, you know, maybe, maybe the Chiefs are in, the, in that situation, you know, right now. Uh, but, you, you know, you got guys like the Patriots and, and uh, who, re- who really doesn't have you know, tolerance for nonsense. They have a great front office. Uh, Minnesota has a great front office, uh, and the list goes on. But you got some who just had uh, dysfunctional, like Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so we're gonna try to put together the perfect team, and we're gonna, you know, go back and forth and see and see how how our teams will stack up. Um, so we're gonna start with the quarterbacks. Um, and just just so people know, when we're saying the perfect team, we're taking into account all aspects of the game. So just because you have a good starting quarterback, if the guy was to go down. Who has a good backup that could sustain the team and keep them at a winning level? So we're looking at depth as well as overall talent, just so people right. understand what we're looking at. Right. All right. So if you go into the quarterbacks, um, I think I think we might be on the same page here, and that's uh, the New Orleans Saints. Definitely. Uh, uh, Drew Brees, you know, be top ten all time quarterback, and then like you said, backup. We got. Teddy Bridgewater, and even got Taysom Hill. You know, you can put a little wildcat out there for you in, in, in any moment that, that they show him this year. Uh, and with Teddy as a backup, that's that's pretty good in my eyes. Yeah, I think the same. Uh, definitely New Orleans Saints for, for us quarterback. Um, Drew Brees, like you just mentioned, top 10 all-time. He's, what, top two, top three quarterback this year. He's in the MVP race. And with, uh, with Teddy as a backup, I think the Saints have the best backup in the NFL right now. Um, we agree on it, so there's not much debate to go back and forth on about the Saints. But for somebody who wants to argue against us picking the Saints, 
I think the only two contenders that you could debate would be the Buccaneers, who have Jameis, who's a legit starter, and you have uh, Fitzmagic, our guy from fantasy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's probably the only one you could really debate as far as, like, who would you rather take as a overall quarterback tandem for starter and backup? And if Lamar Jackson keeps emerging, the Ravens would be a, a sleeper yeah. on, on, on the yeah. QB combo. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah, that that'll be a good decision too. Uh, I know people want to be like, "Well, I want Patriots, Tom Brady." Well, what happens when Tom Brady get hurt? Who's the backup? Because Brian Brian Hoyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and you talking about winning? No, he that's not a that's a career journeyman for a reason. So yeah, so take in mind of that. Uh, let's go into the running backs. And before we go on, like there are some quarterbacks we don't even know who the backup is. So that, that's why we're saying like the Saints they have a legitimate future Hall of Fame quarterback, top ten all time, top three. Probably the MVP this year, so that's why we're saying the Saints because they have one of the best quarterbacks of all time and right now, along with a very capable backup. Right, uh, running backs. I think we might be agreeing with here. Um, I, I, I would choose the Saints as, as well again with having the Kamara Ingram tandem. Uh, yeah, you won't get much debate from me with the running back either, man. Uh, the Saints, I would agree, Kamara Ingram. What we think Kamara is probably what a top five, top seven running back. And Ingram, he was a top running back before Kamara got there. And even when he came back this year, Ingram has still put up great production, um, capable backup. So if Kamara was to go out or get a break like he did back in like week four, week five, Ingram stepped in and had one of the best games of his career. So on running back, I would agree with you again. Other contenders I thought about were the Falcons with Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, and Edo Smith. But we know how Freeman is. He gets banged up every year. A sleeper, yeah. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Eckler. Uh, a sleeper That's I came up with was was the Bears with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Okay, yeah, That's solid. And possibly, uh, yeah, possibly even the Patriots, man, with uh, the emergence of Stoney Michelle, James White, oh, yeah. Rex Burkhead. Yeah. That, that's a that's a three headed monster right there. If you say Patriots this time, I won't get mad at you. Because uh, yeah, because Michelle is strong, man. This this season when he's healthy, man, get over twenty carries. He's he's probably he's probably unstoppable as uh. As a running back, and then you know how James White get down that passing game. Um, I got, I got, I got two more for you. What, did, what do you think about the, uh, the Colts with Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins? Like they have like that kind of three headed rotation. They're not really elite guys, but you know just the depth of the position. And what do you think about the Jags with Fournette, T.J. Yeldon, and Carlos Hyde? I, w- I would put Jaguars up there. Uh, maybe not Colts. I, um, I think Naheem Hines and, and Wilkins have to show a little bit more for me. And uh, Marlon Mack, can he stay healthy enough? And if I, you know, if he get hurt, can I trust Naeem Hines? Can I trust Wilkins? Uh, and they both rookies right now, so who knows? Uh, but yeah, that Jaguars one, I do like that a lot because when Leonard Fernandez in the game, he's unstoppable. And then T.J. Yeldon in the passing game is just about good as any other passing back in the league. Yeah, people forget Carlos Hyde was just a starter earlier this this season, so. He been sorry his whole life. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's why I threw Jags out there because I thought about those. Those were my top four: the Saints, the Falcons, the Bears, and the Jags. All right, then here we go with the receiver slash tight end. Where I think we can have a little, a little debate here. Um, I would choose the Eagles, and that's because you know Chris Carter always say uh, the Hall of Famer always says that you need to build your receiving core as a basketball team. Uh, you need to have your, you know, your tight end, usually your center, and you, you, you gotta have that receiver that's big, uh, like like Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, then you gotta have your point guards, and you gotta have your, you know, your guards, and that's like Aguilar and Tate. So that that's why I was going with that. Tate can Tate is a uh, yak monster, 
Yards after the catch. Uh, Jeffy can go go up and moss anybody. And then, of course, Zach Ertz up the middle. And even having that depth, like we talked about, with Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Matthews right behind them, uh, I think that's pretty good, solid depth with uh, with the stars that they have. Uh, I would choose the Eagles as my perfect team. For uh, yeah, for, for me, I, I struggle with this one. I'll let everybody know who I kind of was debating back and forth between. Um, my top four I came up with was the Chiefs, and they have – Tyree Hill, who's been amazing. He's a he's like a cheat code for the Chiefs. I mean, the guy can do everything. When when healthy, you have the electric Sammy Watkins. You also have at tight end Travis Kelsey, probably the best tight end in the game right now. Obviously, of who you pick, Zach Ertz for the Eagles, and uh, the Chiefs also have Conley. So, I thought about the Chiefs. Um, I also thought about the Vikings. They have Adam Thielen, who's a PPR machine. You have Stephon Diggs. Um, Kirk Cousins goes to him a lot. Laquan Treadwell. And as far as on the tight end, you have Rudy, Kyle Rudolph. So they were someone I also considered, also considered the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, easily the best receiver in the game right now, Antonio Brown. You have another emerging guy coming into that top 10, top 12 mix, Juju Smith-Schuster. They have two tight ends, uh, not elite guys, but they have two, which is a part of the conversation, which is depth. So Jesse James and uh, Vance McDonald. So those were the people. And, of course, you mentioned the Eagles with uh, Alshon, Tate, Ertz, Aguilar, Jordan Matthews. Um, so those were the the uh, the four I was looking at. Um, somebody may say, why you don't bring up the Rams? Because I don't know who the Rams tight end is. So they have, <laughs> even though we love Cooper Cup, shout out Matthew Barrett, his little Cooper Cup. Um, even though we love the Rams as far as Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, I don't know who, and they have Josh Reynolds who's emerging right now. I don't know who the Rams tight end is. So that disqualifies the Rams for me. Uh, but ultimately, I agree with you again, Kev. I chose the Eagles because of the sheer depth of the position. Alshon, Tate, Aguilar, Matthews, that's four wide receivers. Um, they all can do various different things. So I did choose the Eagles over uh, the Steelers as my as my wide receiver, tight end, pass catcher combo. And I'm going to tell you another team who I thought about, um, and that was the, the Giants. Having Evan Ingram went healthy. Stolen Shepard is one is probably if he had to rate just slot receivers, he's he's guaranteed top ten. I mean, of course, OBJ, uh, top three receiver in the game by far, uh, dynamic playmaker, and I honestly think Corey Coleman is a good receiver. I don't know why he's been bouncing around um, so much. I don't I, I don't know whether they they just rather not have him. Uh, he must be a somewhere in the, in the locker room or something. I don't know. But as far as a receiver, Corey Coleman is a good depth. I think he's a good third or fourth receiver on the team and. And him with the Giants with a, a quarterback, I got Drew Brees, but Drew Brees can make them guys elite. So that's why I, that's why I thought I thought the Giants would be a good a good uh, pick as well. And I'm, I'm gonna throw out two more if you may have thought about, you know, they hear us talk about ours. They may think about again the consistent Patriots: Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan. Then you have Gronk. And for me, I didn't go off recency bias of Gronk not being that good or all that kind of stuff. I just felt like, as you said, the Eagles had more more depth. I mean, you have probably one of the top two tight ends in the game, and we already talked about the receiver. So, recency bias did not factor into the Patriots because we're still trying to see what Josh Gordon is. I mean, the guy's been out of the league years now. So, um, I didn't 
look at the Patriots, and somebody else may consider the Falcons. Julio, who's right there with A.B. and Odell as top three in the game in his position. Um, Ridley's emerged this year as a rookie. Sanu is very, very consistent. And we know Matt Ryan spreads the ball around, so they have receivers we probably don't even know about. And they also have uh, Austin Hooper at tight end. But I would still go with Eagles, Vikings, Steelers, and probably even the Chiefs over Patriots and Falcons. All right, so now let's get into the trenches. Uh, this probably and really the probably the most important positions on the NFL teams, uh, and that's the offensive line and the D line. We'll go with the O line first. Um, for for my quarterback, uh, I think for Drew Brees, he needs to have that inside protected. So that's my thought process went. So I went with the Colts. Um, as you see. Quentin Miller when he be screaming on on pools, he be taking <laughs> he be taking he be taking people out, man. And Ryan Kelly at center, and uh, they, I think Braden Smith at left guard. All th- th- those three together make and keep my inside uh, protected. Have you seen this year? They haven't allowed Andrew uh, Angelo hasn't got sacked in like maybe like seven eight straight games. Um, so that's why you see the Colts emerging as as a contending team uh, in the AFC when your quarterback has time. He, he's he's gonna dice you up, especially with guys like Angelo and for my quarterback in this perfect team scenario, Drew Brees. So that's why I went with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. We finally disagreed on something, man. We finally got when we were three for three. We finally got. <laughs> I chose the Rams as uh, my offensive line. Um, I did write down the Colts as well, and I did have the Steelers as well, as far as like who I would choose as the offensive line, and uh, also the Cowboys. So those were the top four I was debating between. But I ultimately just chose the Rams. Um, Jared Goff, he's a similar guy to Drew Brees. So, and then, you know, of course, they protect Gurley. So I figured the Rams would be the best, the best O line to protect Brees and Kamara in this scenario. Okay, yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, Cowboys up there, especially when they, if they had Travis Frederick, uh, who is the best center in the game when when he didn't have this disease. Uh, hopefully, he can come back. Yeah, with Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, I, I, w- I would choose the Cowboys if Frederick was there. Um, but, yeah, I went with the Colts. Um, so, let's move on to the D-line. Um, once again, um, depth played a part in this one as far as far and as well as star power. Uh, and I chose my Vikings. Um, when you had that front four, as they did against uh, Green Bay uh, last Sunday night football game, they, they didn't blitz at all. Uh, they blitzed maybe, um, maybe two or three times. Um, so, with Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter emerging as a superstar pass rusher, Linval Joseph inside the middle, and Sheldon Richardson with the man. When, and when Griffin went out with uh, his um, mental illness, you had guys who got important snaps, and our defense line did not fall off. So, I'm going with the depth, with the star power, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. And we disagree again on defensive line. And just to point out, um, I think we should let's, let's do both of them because. I think I think you prefer like a four three scheme. I'm more of a three four scheme type of guy. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So as far as like, if I was choosing a defensive line for a three four scheme, um, I was debating between the Houston Texans who have JJ Watt on their three four. Um, I was debating between the Rams who have Sue and Donald for the three four, and also the Bears for the three four. So if I'm doing a three four defensive scheme for D line. I'm going to go with the Rams with Sue and Aaron Donald, who is probably the best player in the NFL right now. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm a 4-3 guy. Um, so, yeah, the, so the teams I was thinking about were um, 
Minnesota, um, Dallas. Um, I was thinking of um, four or three of teams I would like would be like uh, Seattle um, and, back, you know, back in the day, Cincinnati, when they had, when Geno was at the top of his game. That's so, true. Yeah, so. And if I, would, if I was going four or three, I would do either the Vikings, as you mentioned, for your four or three, um, great, great defensive line. The Vikings, probably the best in the NFL. Um, and another contender for the D line for the four three would probably be the Bills, man. Like uh, the, the Bills are pretty good up front in a four three, and uh, maybe, maybe Cowboys again. Man, for three four, I, I probably I probably do the same thing you chose and chosen choosing the Rams because I had the best player in the game outside of quarterbacks, uh, Aaron Donald. So I would choose the Rams if I was to go three four. So yeah, so that's very important when you when you talk about the perfect team because you can't have a three four front and have a 4-3 linebacker core. So when we go into this next segment, linebackers, um, I debated between two back and forth, um, or three really. I, I, have, I had consideration of my Vikings with Anthony Barr, uh, Kendricks, and um, all the linebackers, Ben Gideon, but Minnesota really don't play three linebackers traditionally. We usually have like another safety in there. So I was debating between the Cowboys and the Panthers, and I – and after after Thursday night football game, I'm strongly considering the Cowboys. Uh, Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, man, these two guys are ballers. They're um, elite, man. Van Der Esch is go, on his way, and then they're they're so, also missing Sean Lee. <laughs> yeah, and they go sideline to sideline with with quickness. And you know when Sean Lee's in the game healthy, he's probably a top three linebacker in the whole you know in the whole sport of football. And and now I mean Cowboys, they really don't need him. They can get somebody else because he don't beat her anyway. You know, health concerns. So. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Even though uh, I think Luke Kelly is the best linebacker, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, Van Der Esch and Dennis Smith, more speed and flying to the football is what I want. So I'm going Cowboys. Okay, and for my linebacking core, uh, for my for my three four scheme, I have the Rams, Sun Donald down the three four. So my linebacking core, I took the Bears with Khalil Mack and uh, Trevathan. That's just cheating. And I. I <laughs> And I also considered Broncos, who also are three four with Von Miller, Chubb, and Marshall. So I did consider that, and I also considered a sleeper right here, the Tennessee Titans with Woodyard and Arakpo. And I know um, the Texans have Clowney, Merciless, and McKinney, but I still went with Rams three four uh, D line and Bears three four as linebacker. But if I did go four hey. three, like if I, if I went four three like you did, I would go Vikings D line, and I would go Cowboys linebackers. Probably cheating. Uh, you can't have Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's, that's, hey. The, that's, hey. that's the beauty of the three four man. Uh, that's why I chose. Uh, I, I like three four schemes. So I went with Rams and uh, I mean, you got Sue Donald, then you get Trevathan, who's a little, I think still a little bit underrated. He, he's known, but he's a little bit underrated for his position. And then you get Khalil, Khalil Mack. Mack. I mean, and don't forget, you, don't forget Roquan Smith right there in the middle. The it, exa- exactly, Roquan yeah. Smith. So you, I mean, you can't. I don't know how you would stop that in a perfect, perfect scenario. I don't know how that would be stopped. Uh, let's move on to the defensive backs. So, you know, 4-3, you, you got to be able to play a uh, little, you know, this, this is why I went 4-3 because in, in 3-4, you have to play more man. Uh, I'm a 4-3 guy. So with my zone coverage and, you know, mixing with man a little bit too. Of course, Vikings are there in my consideration. Um, I had uh, Jaguars, of course, with Jalen Ramsey and Boye, but I, I, I ultimately choose the Chargers. And it's really because when I, if I had Jason Verrett as my second corner, he's injured right now uh, for the season. But if he's my second corner, and I have Casey Hayward, who a very, very underrated corner. Nobody talks about Casey Hayward at all. Uh, everybody talks about Rose and Ramsey and, and Peterson and all them guys. 
But Hayward's right there with the, with the numbers. He's right there with them. Um, so Casey Hayward very underrated. And then of course, man, Derwin James when he failed at him, they got him at at pick I think seventeen something like that. Yeah, when when he failed something, they they couldn't pass on him. They couldn't pass. Derwin James is, he plays he plays everywhere on the field. He's play he plays safety. He plays in the box. He sometimes he play he might play slot corner. He's everywhere. So uh, give me somebody who's versatile like that and Derwin James. Uh, so I'm going with the Chargers on that one. And uh, you already mentioned it with three four, you do play a lot of man to man coverage. So with that kind of coverage, um, you need guys who can lock down and be versatile. Um, so the four secondaries I considered were the Rams with Talib, Peters, Joyner, and Johnson. I considered the Ravens with Smith, Eric Weddle, you know Jefferson, um, Humphrey. Uh, also, I think they have a car. So I consider the Ravens. Um, I consider the Chargers as well, like you did. You already mentioned everything, Hayward, James, Verrett, who's injured. And uh, you mentioned the Jacks also with Ramsey Boye, Gibson, and Barry Church. But I ultimately chose the Chargers, man. Those guys, when healthy, I think are probably debatable with the Rams. Not the Rams, but the Ravens and the uh, the Jacks as best secondary. So I still chose the Chargers, though, man. Like you mentioned, for all the reasons you mentioned, just lockdown guys. Kicker, kickers and punters. I know special team is not really a big deal, but when you're talking about changing position, um, even your trick plays, um, and when it counts, you know, when you, when you tie a game or you're down, whatever, you need to tie the game up. And you see Minnesota can't make field goals, had Tyler Green Bay earlier. You see Browns lost like three or four games early in the season because of that. Um, so I'm going with the best kicker and punter do- uh, combo, and to me that's the uh, L.A. Rams. Uh, Heckler, the punter, you know, he can, he be throwing passes. He throw like three or four passes a year. Uh, for first downs, and then Zerline. Um, Zerline can kick 50, 50 yards like it's no problem, um, and he's in a high-power offense, so he has a lot of opportunities to uh, get get his his points on the field. I consider the Rams also. I also consider the Ravens with Tucker and Koch. I consider the Saints with Morstead and Lutz. Um, the Chiefs have Colquitt and Butker, and I also consider the Falcons with Bryant and uh, Bosher. I ultimately chose the Ravens. Tucker, I mean, the guy can hit a sixty-yarder in his sleep. So, oh yeah. So, and uh, Koch, he's he's a good punter. I mean, Koch is probably a top-five punter in the uh, in the league right now. But I'm not mad for you taking the Rams. Uh, that's a you gave all good reasons for that. And uh, if I didn't choose the Ravens, I would have chose the Saints. All right. So now we go into the the organization and to the coaches. Of course, schemes matter on this one as well, because like hey, you can have Aaron Rodgers, but if you got a scheme, a pack of scheme. How much offense can y'all do? Um, so I'm going with the dynamic play caller for my offensive coordinator, but for my head coach, I know he plays a, you know, he's a defensive guy, and he usually have a linebacker that blitzes a lot. Um, but when you have the best coach in football, I think that goes a long way. So that's why I would choose Belichick because he lets his coordinators pick the plays. So with Belichick. Or I'm going Pete Carroll. Uh, I think either one of those for me is my head coach. Offensive coordinator, I'm going with Josh McDaniels. Um, it's just the fact that uh, I can't go. I can't really go McVay and Peyton because they're not, they're, I choose Belichick as my head coach. So if I have, if I'm doing that, I'm going offensive coordinator. I have to go Josh McDaniels with that. That Belichick and McDaniels already got a pairing. They got Super Bowl appearances together. Blah blah. And for defense coordinator, I'm going with uh, Richard, Chris Richard on the Cowboys. So that's just because of the four three scheme. Um, and he, he he picks the pl- he uh, calls the play. So I'm going I'm going Chris Richard. He's a Seattle guy, four three. He was be- he was there when they had the Legion of Boom. So uh, Chris Richard is my coordinator. 
Yeah, and we are building the perfect team. So just so everybody understands, when it comes to head coach, D coordinator, O coordinator, we're not promoting or demoting anybody. So, like, we're not going to go Bill Belichick and then go Kyle Shanahan as <laughs> O coordinator that's, that, because, that's, because that's demoting him. So we're not going to demote him. Like, we're going to keep everybody on their same status as they are now. So for head coach, I chose Sean Payton. I chose Sean Payton because I have Drew Brees as my quarterback and I have Kamara as my running back. So I want to just keep it consistent. He knows those guys in and out. He knows what place to call to get them going. And with the other talent that I've assembled with pass catchers that, you know, Alshon and Tate, guys like that, guys who he can throw it deep to. Alshon isn't Mike Thompson. He's a, a slight comp to him. And then you have Ertz, who would be the best tight end they had since Jimmy Graham. And then you have Tate, who's your kind of slice and dice guy underneath with the, you know, just PPR machine. So I would go Sean Payton as my coach just for the consistency of already knowing Drew Brees, what kind of plays he likes to run and things like that. And then for my old coordinator, that was a tough one. But ultimately, I went with Josh McDaniels just because of what he's done with Tom Brady. He's just an excellent play caller. So, And when you combine like two minds of Sean Payton and Josh McDaniels, I mean, that would be a perfect match right there. That's like a good marriage, I think. And because McDaniels, he's been under that tutelage of Belichick. So he has the responsibility and pedigree of calling plays. But I think with him and Peyton in a room together, they could get so many ideas, it'll be off the charts. And for D coordinator, uh, like I said, I'm a 3-4 scheme guy. So I debated between Romeo Cornell and Wade Phillips, but I chose Romeo Cornell as my 3-4 defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, and going to a point about the coaches, I was coordinated. I went with McDaniels because you see the Eagles, man, they cannot get Golden Tate involved in the game as, as he was in Detroit. So you know how McDaniels uh, does with uh, slot receivers with Wells Walker, history of Edelman, uh, even Amendola. Uh, he knows what to do with those guys. So, and I think Golden Tate is better than all of them. So we, um, uh, you, you got that like like that. You said Ashawn Jeffrey, he, he he can go down the field and make a big play. And of course, you know he had Gronk. So I mean, Zach Ertz right there with him, who's who's faster um, than Gronk. So who knows how, how dynamic they can be together. Picking a front office, you know, somebody who keep it clean. Uh, I'm going to choose my Vikings. Uh, you know, as you see, man, so we don't really have a lot of um, a lot of people, players in trouble here and there. They, they usually make good decisions. Uh, our G, uh, GM, can, he can drive pretty well. Uh, all of our players are homegrown except Kirk Cousins. So, um, and he, he found guys like Adam Thielen. He uh, got these in the fifth round. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Minnesota's front office as the as my franchise's perfect team. Uh, front office, I debated between the Cleveland Browns. No, I'm playing. Only seriously, I debated between just the Seattle Seahawks because of what they've done with uh, how they built that Legion of Boom and how they're trying to rebuild it now and getting Russell Wilson late. Um, I debated between them and also the New England Patriots and how they just find those shrewd guys late in the draft and how they maneuver and trading draft picks or so always making that right roster cut at the right time just to, for cap flexibility and things like that. So I chose uh, the Patriots over Seattle. It, it came out to those two for me. So I chose New England because of just that pedigree of the last 18, 19 years of always making that shrewd move, that trade, or that guy off the – the free agent market or just taking that flyer on like a guy like Josh Gordon or 
going to go get like a guy like Randy Moss when he was trouble. So like they have that pedigree of let's let's take a chance. This this is a worthwhile risk. So I went with the Patriots as my front office. All right, sounds good. So we go we go we're gonna do it real quick. Is a uh, pivot. We will come up with just different scenarios because, like you said, building a perfect team is impossible uh, because you see we have to go with different different uh, units in the NFL just to put just put one together. So we're gonna we're gonna ask each other a couple questions just to see to see what our GM had put our GM hat on and see where we would go. So I guess if I started off, would you rather have four star level pass rushers or would you have a would you rather have a Pro Bowl secondary? With it being a passing game now. I think you kind of have to go with the better secondary because the ball is always going deep. And, I mean, guys are basically getting free releases all the time. So, you want to be able to slow guys. You don't want guys to just be gashing you for 45 points a game. So, I, I think the secondary is probably more important. That's why I went with a team like Chargers. Okay. Yeah. Um, see, it's, it's kind of hard for me because if you if you have the pass rushers – to to you know the, or the the D line to get to quarter to the quarterback. Just, let's say let's say uh, like Minnesota played Green Bay. They, they once they took away Aaron Jones as a court as a you know as a coach, you can just sit back you know kind of relax with your secondary and and just play solid defense. So it can go either way. I probably would I think I would lean more to the, the D line. That way, if I have you know four great players on the D line, I can hopefully I can stop the run and get to the quarterback. I, ho- I hope that's what that's what that means. You know, having you know subpar guys in the back, uh, so I think I probably lead more to the D line on that one. And the only reason I didn't go D line is because you have guys like let, let's look at the first game of the season um, when the Bears played uh, Green Bay. Khalil Mack was a machine, but Aaron Rodgers still brought that team back. I mean, granted, he is Aaron Rodgers and he's pretty great, but you know that's why I said I really just go with secondary because if you had a better secondary, I mean, with just some, I want to say just decent. D line and linebackers, but if you just have just a a stable front like the Titans have, like most people don't know about the Titans, but you just have like a stable front like the Titans have, or like a stable defense all around like that, you can better protect on the back end versus the front end. Which which I kind of came about the back end because everybody's just scoring touchdowns. So if nobody can throw it into the end zone, or nobody's gassed you deep down the field, I think you have a better chance because like the pass rush, it comes and goes. Like look at the Patriots, they have like just a, a basic pass rush this year. But they're still not letting people just gas before a huge amount of yards on the on the passing end. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. As far as like running backs, do you prefer a ground and pound guy like a Zeke who you can let a guy touch it twenty five times, or do you prefer and he's versatile? But do you prefer a more versatile guy like a Christian McCaffrey, a Melvin Gordon, or Alvin Kamara like for a running back? Which which do you prefer? Um, Nate, you mean like as a as a as a um, he he's the guy that there's like there's no really key backup to behind him. Or are you talking about like a yeah 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 there's no backup. This is like your first round he, pick. He's You're the gonna guy. draft the guy to lead your franchise. Yeah, I probably would want somebody more of a ground and pound. Of course, that's assuming I have the the line for it. Is because when by the time that third or fourth quarter come around, getting twenty carries and you you wearing down a defense, um, this is hard for a team to to keep that up, especially D-line and uh, linebackers because I'm taking the running back over the linebacker when it's head-to-head matchup when they coming at each other. I'm taking that ground and pound running back every time. And I think just with the way the league is set up now, I just want to take a pass-catching guy. Uh, give me give me a Joe Mixon. Give me a Christian McCaffrey. Give me a Melvin Gordon type guy. Give me one of those guys just for the possibility of even being explosive. You know, they can, they can get a – 
a little flat route and go 20 yards with it or something like that. So I'd rather take that kind of guy versus the, the ground and pound like a four net because once you kind of stack the box on that guy, he's probably going to be obsolete because just like the Jaguars as a whole, they don't really have – they have decent receivers, but when you combine quarterback play with receivers, if you stack that box, Fournette can kind of – he's elite, but he can kind of become irrelevant if the right defense is playing against him. So I'd really have a more dynamic guy like a McCaffrey who he can still run it, but I can throw it out to him. He can catch it. He can break some tackles and get going, or like a Joe Mixon type of guy. Right. We've got time for one more scenario. What you got? Okay. Uh, do you prefer – a more dynamic linebacker, or do you prefer a more dynamic D lineman? So, for example, do, do you prefer having a Von Miller, Khalil Mack, Jadavion and Clowning kind of guy, or do you prefer that JJ Watt, Aaron Donald, Cameron Waite type of guy? Uh, so, so you mean more more as a as a pass rusher? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, probably. That's hard. Cause I, cause I, you know, I think Aaron Donald is the is the best player in the game, um, but you don't see you don't see too many of him uh, everywhere. Uh, give me the um, if you're talking about a three four or you know a linebacker who stand up and rush the passer, I probably would rather have have him um, more than a defensive end pass rusher. Uh, but if we're just talking about an interior D lineman or somebody who can be you know versatile, like somebody like Aaron Donald and JJ Watts, if I have a a beast like that. I would rather have have those because they you know they can stop the stop the run. I know for it. I know they, they're strong enough to stop the run. Um, they can take on double teams and still make an impact. Because uh, you, you see, Khalil Mack most times he he he's not really double teamed. Um, most of Aaron Donald's are double teamed. Uh, the inside guys you know, like Jeremy McCoy in Tampa, Geno Atkins, like those guys are double teamed. And, and how can you, how can they get off? And Aaron Donald is the one who proved that that double team don't matter. So I would choose Aaron Donald, that dynamic D lineman instead. Uh, of a linebacker, just because he's in the trenches, and if he dominates his his trenches, everything everything is over. Because you're not cause now my one on one guys can get off easier, um, and get sacks or get make plays in in, uh, in in the game. Yeah, I I agree because the defense is built in levels, and that d that d line is that's level one. So if you got a guy who can just bring, he, he's basically gonna shut down one side of the field. So once that once that guy starts rushing from that side, everybody else from your your, your linebackers they they'll get they'll get easier pass to the QB. So I agree with that. Well, even if you're like the four three, would you prefer like a Sean Lee, Lou Keekley type of guy over you know Everson Griffin, something like that? So you know, I was thinking like along those lines. Oh, and in, in, in that case, I think I really had the linebacker um, that can go sideline to sideline. That's because you know he's dynamic in in the run game and the pass game. If, if he's ever on the on the running back, he has you know has the awareness to know how to play it. Um, like a, a freak like Anthony Barr, as far as like size and speed, like that was somebody who I if I had to build one a linebacker, build one like that, build one like Jalen Smith or Van Der Esch, as you've seen the young guys make an instant impact as rookies or young players. I, I can agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, sideline to sideline in this because the the NFL is is all about the spacing now. So you need a guy who can go sideline to sideline. So I agree with that. All right, so that that'll end. Preach, care, preach. Pastor Kev, Kev, and my guest Rashad, man. So I want everybody to build their perfect team and send send me who you think a perfect team is. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm trying to tag you know, some famous people in this. See, see if I can get some feedback on that as well, because you know I think I think it's a very interesting topic. Uh, it's more important to have the backup and starter, and not just an elite starter.
appreciate Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.